Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and I have my two little friends in two little black boxes. I got Ryan. He sped up because he fucked it up the first time. Yup. Yes, I did. And Scott. Hi. Hi. I've been activated. <laughs> Activating Scott. The podcast, the podcast Scott has been activated. Hello. Hello, good friends. Ryan, how are you? How's your gaming been? Oh, it's been pretty good. I think I'm playing D and D. I'm pretty. I should be playing D and D tonight. I think I am. Oh, I hope uh, you are. I, I think we're getting on towards the end of that Eberron game that I've been in for quite some time. Cool. Oh, uh, oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. That's where I'm an artificer, and I'm artificers are just just bonkers. They're so what level are you guys in that game? Fourteen. That's pretty yep. high up there. Yep. <laughs> yep. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I, I like artificers because they're like, yeah, I have spellcasting, but it only stops at level five. That's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's just all the other weird, crazy crap they do, and their spell selection's really good. Yep. yep and yep, they yep. just passively getting absurdly good at magic items. Like, yep. you know, just six attunement slots by the time you're done. I love that. I think that's amazing. I think that's an incredible, like, just way of using the system. Uh, and Scott, how has your gaming been? Uh, gaming's been pretty good. Uh Running Atomic Youth is pretty much the only thing that's been happening. Uh, I haven't had D&D in a hot minute. Hopefully we'll fix that this week. We should be, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, just that's uh, that's what's rolling with me. A lot of, a lot of video games, a lot of uh, just fucking around, you know. Yeah, no, when you, you're getting older, everything happens. Uh, I've just finished the last book of The Expanse, uh, mm-hmm. which it's, it's left me in a mood. Okay, noted. Oh, no. Like, oh, no, it's not a bad mood. It's just okay. like, oh, now it's over. Oh, yeah, there like, was a bit of wistfulness to that. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it ended. It just it ended in a great. It, it was great. It was one of those like, oh, that's a little bit of a bummer, and then the epilogue fixes it. It's like, oh yay! <laughs> okay, good. Whew. Whew. I don't want a bad taste in my mouth forever. Oh, yeah, when like, epilogues oh, no, do that, it's always everything like, turns out all right. Yeah, yeah. And when when epilogues do that, I always feel like it's the writer. Like I wrote my novel. It's all done. And then they go back like six months later and read the ending before there was medicine. It's like, oh no, that's a oh no, I, no, that's a bad ending. No, I'm 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 fairly certain that they fully meant to end it the way that they ended it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Like, yeah, like epilogue and, and all. Um, like everyone gets a chance to shine that's still alive, and you know everyone has really good moments. It's really good. So yeah, everyone, Scott endorses the Expanse, the books. Yeah, I hope we get to see those on film someday. I do too. Um, as for my gaming, uh, pretty light. Um, uh, we did Mad Mage a little while ago, but that was and that was fun. We fought a Dracolich, and then oh, fought an Archmage. Yeah, we made it to level twenty. Nice. We are officially level twenty, and we are about to go into the last level of the Mad Mage's dungeon. I think we oh, like shit. barely made it to round two on a Draco Lich, like. That was a weird. That was a neat fight, actually. Just raffle stomped him. Just well, <laughs> it was also like, hey, you guys can't hurt this thing. You have to destroy these pillars, and then you can hurt this thing. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was a pretty easy. It was. It didn't take long once we got that. Yeah, the, the issue is saying. Andrew can't roll high initiative to save his life, so Uh-oh. we all get to go before the dragon, like the bad guys go. Yeah. And when that like happens, it's just cheat. over. It just sounds like a guy, like a DM who should cheat. I kept telling him that. I kept telling him, I I like, him. Andrew, just, just. That is not the man you are talking about. Yeah, I know. That he's oh, not no. that guy. He does not cheat at make believe. Like, he won't <laughs> do it. 
sometimes it's the right move. Uh, I have put a little bit few more words to paper for a Soulbound game that I may want to run at some point in the distant future somewhere, someplace. So that's 2000. a little bit of RPG news. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on an RPG thing, and it turns out that the key to writing, writing uh, getting over writer's block is to leave my house. Oh yeah, like yeah. that's super important. Apparently, that's just like really super fucking important just to not be here. Yeah, uh, well, we've also been spending a lot of time in our houses the exactly. last two years, so I can see why that's an issue for some people. Um, me, God it's... bless Rev Coffee House. It's one of the best fucking places in the city. Yep. All right. Anyways. On to RPG news, everyone. It is the holiday time, so things are wrapping, uh, sort of winding down for a little bit. Uh, the uh, If uh, anyone's interested, Ian uh, World uh, is hiring a part-time position, but you have to be UK-based, so if there's any UK listeners out there, head over to ianworld.com. Uh, there is Strixhaven, has, uh, I think, be coming out this week. Um, I'm not super interested in that, but if people love D and D, I'm sure it's just be interesting. Apparently, yeah, there's some interesting like new mechanics and and options yeah. in there. Yeah, they have like social tracks for yep. certain groups of people and stuff, which I thought were neat. Yep. It's true, you know, yeah, per usual, Magic the Gathering settings are like me for me, but that at least looked fun. They also have a, a Gatling gun that's a scroll. So that is one of my favorite pieces of art I've seen like all year. It's a and, dwarf wizard, obviously woman, and it's a Gatling, it's a magical Gatling gun that just looks like a giant scroll. And I can't tell if the words are, are like, it, the pages are unfurling and the words are coming off of it as she fires it, like like it's feed, like it's a bullet feed belt. That's pretty dope. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, this is the last week as a recording uh, for the Trinity Continuum Anima Kickstarter, everyone. They're doing real well, but they can always do more and better. So head on over there. Uh, also, I'll link to our actual play because it's dope. Uh, the last How many ep episode, as of the release of this episode, is it all out? No. It no is... Last episode will be Christmas Eve. Yes. Oh, good. Christmas that, Eve that'll be what they do. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas well, Eve will be episode nine. We're on episode this Friday is the release of episode seven. Uh, and then in a couple of weeks, you'll get all of it. Um, it's going oh, real man. well. People are enjoying go, it. Um, it's going so bonkers in those later yeah. episodes. I, I've been keeping up to date in the Discord as they've been dropping episodes, uh, both the official Onyx Path and the unofficial Trinity Continuum Discord. And people seem to like it. Yay. Amish stands, let me hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mock, no, you mean mock, yes. <laughs> yes yeah i know uh but yeah no it's been really fun uh to keep up with people as they're watching it and just kind of like give people the inside scoop on how fun it was yeah it's always it always feels good when you create something and people enjoy it right yeah it is um other news not much uh like i said end of the year stuff so everything's kind of just being quiet and speaking of which uh and this is not being news to my co-host. Uh, we're going to take a break next episode. We won't be airing in two weeks. So I hope everyone has a very good, happy new year. That makes sense. We'll probably throw in another episode of Star Wars. Just to... as a treat. As a treat, you know? Uh, we just went through, like, uh, yeah, just went through the episode of, like, fighting. Yeah, we're in the uh, underground bunker, the drug bunker, and we have to fight. Oh, jeez. Right? Where telekinesis just... Wow. <laughs> or Linda does some crazy shit with telekinesis. 
she learned something about herself that day. <laughs> Indeed. She sure and she, she hasn't learned it as of that episode, but mm-hmm. she's about to. Oh yeah. There but is a particular so episode confused. in about that will come out in about two months that I cannot wait. It's the I told you so episode. <laughs> but that's all the news so we're just gonna go right on to the main topic it won't be a super in-depth one but it's one that we all have to deal with uh, as role players we're getting real granular on this one yep. we need more ideas yeah <laughs> Patrons, help, help, us. help help us we're running Patrons, out of anyone who listens to the show fucking help us we're getting real <laughs> we're getting the, into the weeds here so what we're talking about is something that all characters generally have in most game systems, which is characteristics slash attributes, a.k.a. the things that make up the like, person, the The being. core things of your characters. Yes, whatever the core thing that sort of helps you describe what the character is or can do. They're basic uh, capabilities. We're talking about things like strength, dex, con, wisdom, yep. like the, the, wisdom. the classic six from D&D. You got this, the, the spread of nine from every all the storyteller systems. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, the various other implementations. All LARPs usually go for the spread of nine. Also, uh, Orb and, well, and yeah. uh, Rule of Three does. Actually, well, yeah. But actually, back in the day, that was not the case. Attributes. Like, like attributes as we understand them. And we deal with them on a typical, like, what we've done. Mm-mm. It was classic, like, you have skills and you have spells and that's and abilities. That's it. There isn't, like, there was sort of attributes, but it was, like, do you have the strength attribute that lets you do certain things? That was it. Like it's sort of the Boolean switch, yes, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't granular. Um, I am actually happy that a lot of LARPs, at least locally, sort of went that direction. And well, so you diversify your character. Attributes are like they're kind of they're very important because they actually kind of talk about how your character is gonna interact with the world because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they route into everything. They route into your the skills you use, the, the how you fight shit if you fight shit, uh, how you do talkings. Yep. Uh, like what type of talkings is there? Are there three types of talkings? Are there two types of talkings? Yep. Which traits do those use, or which characteristics do those use? So it it it's heavily it, it heavily defines like how your players are can even interact with the world, like how granular those traits are. But one thing I can definitely tell you, you probably don't want to go past nine, otherwise it gets cumbersome. Oh yeah, yeah no, um, it, it gets. I mean, even even the ones that go to nine are ten are generally linked in groups of three. Yeah, they're usually yeah. clustered for what they do. Yeah. So and that and that way you can kind of like you 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 know you, you split them up by you know primary, second, secondary, tertiary, and then you get a bit more granular. But yeah, I mean this this is sort of your your character defining like core competencies, um, and you know also like niche is is all kind of routed through these these fundamental characteristics that you know are implemented in different ways mechanically, mm. but nonetheless are very definitive. Yes, um, and also attributes, and I've said this a little bit, I think, bits and pieces, we probably talked a little bit about this through the course of our show, because, well, we've talked a lot, a lot of things over the last, like, five years. Uh, one of the things, though, is attributes and characteristics can tell you what the game is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, look at D&D. It's got three physical-oriented stats, but social, predominantly social one is only one of them charisma and then two mental so the game in some respects either intentionally or unintentionally is trying to say this is a more physical game mm-hmm. than a 
non-physical game. Uh, and actually, it was the it was the reason why I had this idea for this episode was I saw a little clip of Brendan Lee Mullen talk, Mulligan talking about exactly that, mm-hmm. and he's talking about like not only you know the skill the the abilities that exist, but you know how the distribution of which of those abilities are important to how many characters, and he says like this is why you see predominantly in Dungeons and Dragons characters who are hot dumb and uh, hot hot dumb and strong yes 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 because <laughs> hot dumb and strong because of charisma and strength of the power stats yep mm-hmm. yep because you it lets you that's another thing about attributes which attributes are the active attributes and which mm-hmm. are the reactive attributes things that even, let you do things versus let you keep from being things to being done to you because even if you're playing a magic user the it's you know you got two character classes that go off charisma you know like two that go off wisdom uh and one only one that goes off intelligence yeah two now but yes in the core book there's yeah one. In the core yeah. book yeah so it, it, that's go going to be your your distribution is where it's always going to lean towards hot dumb and strong <laughs> yeah it's actually even more weighted toward charismatic because it's paladins sorcerers oh yeah warlocks warlocks and uh bards bards yes so there's four charisma based like Mm -hmm. spellcasters which is actually kind of wonky when you think about it it's just like i i i I was always a little weirded out by the the, that they went so hard in charisma is not a dumb stat in the opposite you know in the opposite direction because originally because back in like advanced dungeons and dragons which was one of the ones i did to become a paladin because attributes were technically by the book supposed to be randomly generated you had to meet criteria to be certain classes to be a paladin you had to not only had like a 16 strength but a 17 charisma that means you had to have rolled those and put those stats together to become a paladin i really love that the original system of this like allowed for allowed for a situation in which you and four people who you may have known your entire life agree to have a less good time because of a number on a die <laughs> well that 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 that's a whole other conversation about I know, what it's trying over. to say and what the game is doing and the situations <laughs> because the original ADD and all that stuff is like take what you can get see what happens like you have you have limit severe limitations work with them and that's that's what you go from there where modern D&D and everything's like we want you to play, play what, you, what want. you want just play and that's what you want. fine have fun yeah but attributes and characteristics um we've talked to predominantly about like the physical social mental ones there's also a couple other ones especially in uh storytelling systems and a few others like let's look at exalted virtues from second edition those are attributes too those are characteristics of your character Mm -hmm. that tells you something about your character it's a mechanical limitation that says your character is x Mm-hmm. And you need to work with that. Valor's the best. <laughs> I always like compassion because you could almost do it to anything. You could you could justify compassion for everything. So for people who don't know, in in Second Ed Exalted, there were four virtues: valor, compassion, conviction, and temperance. Tells you how often temperance got used. Yeah. Well, actually, what was interesting about Exalted, and this will be this is all part of this conversation, is. When you wanted to do something, when you had a high virtue, when you had a high stat, you had, and you wanted to do something that was counter to the high stat, 
Like you wanted to run away from a fight, even though your courage like four and five, you had to roll and you had to yeah. fail the roll, which meant you had to like, oh no, the roll screwed me. I have to continue this fight. Well, I have, to, I have and, to abide by my own morals. Yeah. And then yes, oh, no. <laughs> you can even take, and you, you can take a charm that takes that to the nth degree. Like if you already have five in that value, you could take the thing that says, no, guys, I'm super duper about this. Though. I have six in that thing, and I, I get technically special have six in it. this, and and it actually locks you out of certain things you can do. Like I had the Valor one, I had Valor six. Yep. Technically, I could not run. Like yep. I could yep. never disengage from a fight. It just could not happen. Yep. They would have to knock me unconscious. <laughs> yep. And based on the attributes, how you interpret them, and then also what the mechanics of the system do all feed in start feeding to sort of the root of sort of as ryan said how you interact with the setting how you interact with the game because without them it's it starts actually just becoming make-believe just you decide what happens and happens and that's fine too if that's the game you're playing but mm, that's part of the crunchiness of role tabletop modern tabletop role-playing games yeah, as a funny as a funny kind of example of this, in the one of the, the settings I'm writing, uh, uh, ma music and performance are actually a huge deal uh, there, and uh, they they have a weird pseudo religion about it. But basically, children are assessed for quote unquote resonance at a young age, and if you uh, show resonance, you get to be the class of people who do the things in the fight. Uh, now they find, of course, I kind of pull the the curtain back on that later in the thing to kind of undercut it be like it turns out it's just being charismatic yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty that's our, pretty cool i like that it says in, hey if you take this as an attribute these things will open up or close depending yeah, on I mean, what you got based on your backstory like there is a real pot like yeah if you're, if you're saying i am of this if your backstory says i am of this group of people it's like then you have to have the charismatic trait like there's no chance that you don't mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so attributes can play into not only your perception of the character but also what mechanically your character obviously can do both from just rolling the die and doing something to actual like you are barred or gain access to special abilities because you have those attributes so that's something to consider when you're making a character and looking at these attributes. But I think the thing, like the real, like center of this conversation that I think where Scott got was like, what is the imagination of your character, and can the system reflect it? Can it can it represent what you think your character is about and can do, can or can't do? Like I want to play a dumb character. Okay, then you're gonna play have a you're gonna put less dots in intelligence. It's hard to play dumber or more charismatic than you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Actually, which actually goes to my slight thesis argument about why D D doesn't have more social stats, because you're already being really social. Like that's the nature of like the activity you're doing in a meta level. Mm. Whereas mm. physical stats, you're not being physical in a D D game because you are not unless you're larping you're not you <laughs> you're not physically there doing the thing yeah but then again you have games that have high high social skills and you're still doing the same you're you're being just as social at a vampire game as you are yeah. at a D and D table and, yeah and they just took more advantage of that situation and um, built it into the system but 
And then you have situations where we go into like computer role-playing games where your attributes, especially like in games like Fallout, where depending <laughs> on your intelligence, you can get some really fucking like equally funny and problematic things that they do in that, where they like may change your dialogue options and how people react to you if you're if you're for a certain low intelligence. And that's actually a good point to more to the GMs out there, the Dungeons Masters. Think about the attributes that your characters have and how that would come across to NPCs or other people in the world. Somebody has a low charisma, and this is this is why we talked about the whole charisma is a dump stat thing, is I am being social at the game. I've known many people who are like, yeah, I have like an eight or a six in charisma, but I myself am a charismatic person, so I role play around having that limitation as Ryan raises his little hand. I'm not that charismatic, but I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that that definitely can play that. I mean, yeah, we, we've all played characters who don't have charisma at LARPs, no. and that's like a super not, a, not an issue, but that's because the actual charismatic rules don't generally don't interact with like the type of stuff that you use in, your in the one LARP where in, in one of the LARPs there is a very high end ability in in the charismatic trait that works only on npcs to be like hey you like me just a little bit mm -hmm. and but that doesn't like make them not want to kill you that doesn't make them not want to it's, it's just not like, mind no, control it's not mind control no that's diplomacy that is <laughs> etiquette you didn't fucking hear that <laughs> uh, and so that's that's something to consider when when you're running is what are the attributes and characteristics of the character if like back to the exalted example if you know someone has a really high compassion are you going to put them in a situation that's going to test that compassion that's something to consider because you want to test your players and if they're really good at stuff at certain in a certain avenue basically a certain characteristic you may want to test them or you may not want to because you want to go towards their weaknesses and yeah. and, and see what how they react when the we're when they're hit where they're were weakest in our everon game it's the first time i've done charisma as a dumb stat in a long time and i've got a 22 intelligence and an eight charisma <laughs> and so that i manifest that by uh never shutting the fuck up about and just not respecting authority in any reason. Like, I'm very smart, but like, he will say the same words to a baron of one of the, the dragon mark houses that he would say to someone selling ham on this. Like, <laughs> because like you're would, smarter than all of them and therefore they're inferior. It doesn't matter. Like, it's like, I am smart. Well, he also doesn't are... understand the social cue. Like, he's like, mm. should, why should I be cagey? I don't know. Like, so thankfully, like, He's smart enough to know when it's just like, perhaps I'll let the warlock talk. Goodbye. Mm, yeah. uh, I have noticed that we get better outcomes when the war. I have noticed we get better outcomes when the warlock talks. <laughs> through, through he has like a little slate that's like mm -hmm. all the times when they've talked to various people, all the re interactions, and like, oh, by by my calculations, the, cali the calibration curve says I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> am I the drama? I did. Am the, I, am I, I the I problem? Guys, I connected the dots. It turns out I'm at I'm the dots. I'm the problem. I connected the dots. It turned into a face shaped me. It's like, oh God, every relationship I've had in the last 10 years, it's just been a total dumpster fire. It's like hmm. everyone, huh? Every single one. Every single one. And they're all really different people. Like we've gone all over the world. Like hmm. I've met them all. They they've all been very different types of people. I'm wondering if it's something about maybe 
maybe how you act. And that gives <laughs> it to another great point about this in this conversation, yeah, everyone. You, when you are making the character, if your character does have a weakness, a, a because most systems are like I don't. Most systems are not like you can have twenties and everything type of from the get go. You're you're gonna have some sort of trade off, some sort of limitation. Think about how that has influenced your character's life. Like, if you're not a really strong person, you probably weren't at a young age out cutting down trees, like on a daily basis. Also, if you're a strong person, it would be very, un- if, you, if you have a strength of eight, it would be very weird for you to say in Dungeons and Dragons, have a proficiency in athletics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that would just be like, in a background sense, kind of unusual because how would you have like, you're just a weak guy who knows how to power lift really well. Like, you know the form and technique of power lifting, but you don't know how to do it very well. Actually, uh, for for p- characters like monks that typically have a very high dex but a low strength, that makes measure sense because they're more of because they used to have acrobatics. But do they still have well, acrobatics? We, we have acrobat- huh? They have acrobatics, but I keep made, forgetting that. It but exists. they basically made all of climbing jumpies. Uh, that's all. Acrobatics is essentially a useless skill in yeah. in fifth edition. Like they took basically everything useful out of it that you used to be able to do with like, I don't know, dodge rolls and shit and fall breaking. But falls like, and- but my argument can still be like, if you have a high dex, maybe, and you have athletics, you've, you've trained yourself. You're more of a runter and a gymnast than you are like a power lifter, someone who does that. Now, this is where the system can sort of fall short because they sort of lump things together real tightly and you go get granularity where some systems are like, in the case of skills or attributes, they start delineating them. Like the old school, like an alternative rule of comeliness for charisma from AD&D, which is this is actually how good looking I am. Like my character is compared to what my sociability is in raw charisma. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even like as of like uh, Chronicles of Darkness, there was a how hot am I stat, right? Like actual appearance. There's a, there's a old story. There's a merit. Old- there used to be there used to be uh, appearance in yeah, old in, in Gold like, Vampire. Yeah. Now they've made it a uh, made it basically a merit slash edge that basically says I'm a good looking person, but that has nothing directly tied to my main attributes or characteristics. Yeah, and you can be a you know a Cyrano de Bergerac or a Tyrion Lannister, yep. um, uh, and you know not be very good looking, but still be very charismatic and. Yep. You know, uh another game that does some interesting shit with attributes uh is uh houses of the blooded yes yeah, yeah. uh which that is that is essentially it, if you want to think about it in D terms it's it's default is the uh standard array where you have a certain number of of you know you know uh one stat is x number uh, another stat's going to be y number and you have to arrange your levels um and you always have a weakness you always, yeah, you have, always have a weakness that is that is one of the things like you did like one of your one of your options uh, your mandatory options is weakness and that is you're going to suck in that like you're always yep. going to suck in that it's going to be very unlikely for you to do anything good in that because you just don't have anything and you know people can attack you through your weakness and then that um, was one of john wick's ideas behind that system you see was like these are about tragic dramas Mm-hmm. These are tragic characters. These are characters with with crippling flaws. They may be really good at other things that will carry them through, but they are going to. There's going to be something that's going to make them foul up. Something mm-hmm. that will probably get them killed in the end. Yeah. 
And it's always it's usually like the way they, they frame it is all like, yes, this is your weakness. And you probably like hate that about yourself. Mm. Like you're like, oh, or I as strong as my cousin. Yes, correct. That bastard. I must yeah, I must you, destroy you him in another way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't uh, fight. I can't fight my brother. He is too strong. Therefore, I will uh, poison him at night. Like something like that. Just very, very dramatic. Very mm-hmm. over uh, melodramatic. Um, so that's definitely a, uh, Amber is another interesting one because mm-hmm. again, because it's a dightless system. But that one you get to do if you do it by the book. Uh, the nomination system, the the auction yeah, auction system, system. that is, that is, is, a fun is interesting because it's it's a, it's a relatively blind auction. You don't know necessarily what everyone's doing, and because of that, uh, it could force you into situations where it's like, oh no, I have this plan in my head. I know exactly what I wanted to do, and you could do that if you're if you're willing to stick to your guns. Yeah. But if you get tempted and you overbid or you do something like that, you're gonna your plan's gonna go off the rails and well, that's, gonna that, be that's one of the reasons i love amber so much is this because even in character creation you're getting the themes of competitiveness yes. of temptation of you know of, of strategy amongst you know and it and you're it's directly against the the people at the table you are having to contend with your 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 fellows and the more i think about amber in general because i do love like the books i like the game um it's not exactly my cup of tea but i enjoy it because it's also a very interesting way of like telling old mythic stories like mm-hmm. old, old greek myths but in a very modern and weird context uh and it feels very human because that's the point they're supposed to be extremely powerful but very human flawed people well, yeah i mean that's that's you know ancient the ancient gods are not you know supposed to be perfect individuals mm-hmm. you know the idea of a god that is you know all all loving all perfect and all knowing it's like that's a eh, no nah, it's not that that's a relatively of- modern god yeah, that's not how most of them are. Uh, but yeah, so those things attributes all feed into your imagination of the character, how they interact, all that fun stuff. What about other other games, like what would you consider attributes in a game like Ten Candles? Uh, I guess the three cards is all. Yeah, you get. three cards. Um, attributes also don't necessarily have to be numbers or anything like that. They can just be descriptors. Ten Candles is a great example of that because you get cards that you write down. I think three true phrases, three true things about your character yep. that all play into who you are. And you can use them to help, but you can also burn them as the games in order to do certain things. But you're literally peeling away of your character. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're burning away a piece of who the character is when you do it. Um, I was trying to think of virtues. There was another couple of things. Obviously, there's other games like uh, Powered by the Apocalypse does some weird things with attributes because each book or each iteration of that system has different attributes, and each of them obviously tell a different story uh, about your character. They, they emphasize what's important. Again, what's important about the game. Yep, same thing with uh, with Blades in the Dark and the Forge in the Dark games, which is yes. a variant of Powered Up by the Apocalypse, but it's like it's speciated enough away that it's its own thing. Um, Iron Iron Swarm and Star uh, Starbound all both do that similar system where they have core attributes. You have your like your your deafness, uh, your spirit, your, these things that like define who you are, but they're all interpreted in different ways. Um, or called upon in different ways because generally the less attributes you have in a system, uh, the more they pull double and triple duty 
Mm -hmm. if the system has been relatively like well fleshed out and and these things all are all are relatively important to the system the more or less you have the more they have to do you have to have different interpretations of what they mean for your character another interesting implementation is uh games like kids on bikes or kids on brooms where your attributes are not necessarily represented by a rating but you assign dice to individual attributes yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you're all like things are generally going to be the same target number but you have a bigger die if it's if it's a thing that you're good in you're so right. you're rolling a bigger die to hit a, a, a target number that's going to be similar across the board but you might be better at it because you've got the d20 yeah, I think we mentioned this in our Exalted Essence episode, but they've actually like scaled it all the way back to three, like because mm -hmm. because Exalted. Then uh, that's actually another thing. It's like the fewer things, the fewer attributes there are. I, I, in a lot of ways, I think that kind of speaks to. Well, I guess that doesn't quite ring true because the salon uh, finite system for vampire only has three traits. But yeah. at least in terms of tabletop gaming, they're they're trying to use this as an expression of scale like it doesn't matter what your how how you are mighty it matters that you are mighty yep. sort of you get to interpret more or less what how that reflects in your character rather than the system or the setting saying this attribute means x y and z yeah the granularity doesn't really matter here are you doing this smart tough or hard like yep. or you... uh back yeah. in old minds eye theater they had actual they had attributes and they were divided by social mental, but you actually defined them as like in adjectives. And yeah. when you gamed, you had to buy the book. A lot of people didn't, didn't really care, but Shocking. by the book, you had to use it like in a sentence, you had to explain how you were doing a thing and use the adjective in it. Like I am quickly doing this quickly would be, or quickness would be a adjective on your character sheet. And when you did certain things and after you use them, they were spent. You burn those attributes. Mm -hmm. You burn those attributes because, and therefore that started limiting your options of what you could and couldn't do, which that's it. That for say what you want about that system. That's interesting. No, it's, it's interesting. Um, something that's uh, different because uh, we, we, you know, we all played anima uh, and I, I don't, I don't know if either of you have gone through the uh, NWE, the, um, the rest of the Nova wrestling. Book. I haven't gone ahead and read it. Um, the, the rules for that are very similar to anima. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the the NWE rules came first, and then the animal rules were 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 built on top of them, or a variation of them. Uh, and they do a cool thing where um, uh, it doesn't burn your attribute, but you get it when you use an attribute, you basically get a complication on it. Mm -hmm. That like it, it's essentially essentially it's like an endurance track. Oh, neat. Of, like okay. the more you lean on something, the more it's gonna it's. It, the more of a complication you have to use it and then there are ways of refreshing that and 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 uh moving that endurance track one way or the other so that you you kind of have to you're you're incentivized to switch it up more yeah um so because like your your best attribute by overuse can become worse than your secondary yep right uh, and it's, it's very dynamic in that and that i think that's pretty cool i definitely want to play with that system yeah uh, oh uh just another system that i thought that it was very interesting this leans more into my s uh, exalted uh virtue example earlier is uh pendragon because pendragon has attributes that have that uh there are like basically se roughly seven virtues and seven vices and depending on your rating of one is the rating of the other 
Uh. And uh, uh, you roll, and if you roll too well, because those those virtues and vices can basically help you in situations, but they also demand that you do certain things. Um, and that's actually like goes more deeper into sort of the what we've been talking about is like playing who you want to play and how you interpret the character and then the system coming back and saying no you have to do this you can't do the smart thing the what the player thinks is the smartest thing you have to do what the character is doing like and that's that's just something to understand when you go in and what the game is trying to explain to you I generally like it when games do that sort of thing. I, I like I like it when there's tension between yourself and the system, and you can't always make the optimal optimal play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that that's that tends to lead to more interesting stories. Uh, Pin Dragon has been one of those games I've kind of wanted to actually look into because there are very iterations on Pin Dragon that you can play all different types and from mm. different eras. You don't have to do exactly the Arthurian legend, though you can, um, and each one of these eras have different sort of virtues and things for the culture and the types of stories you're telling because you're trying to recreate certain legends and myths. Yeah. So, I mean, attributes are very basic. I'm sure we've gone over some of the points multiple times, but very critical. They're generally one of the more core things that when a game is designed, it's one of the first things they sort of, lever that starts getting moved around in order to see what how the mechanisms work because every character has a character sheet and in on that character sheet everyone's got something there that that helps you on paper define who your character is yeah i mean core competencies as well as core weaknesses yep are sort of the the bread and butter of of you know your your character and how you play them yeah, absolutely, 100%. So be very considerate when you're looking at a game system and what those attributes are trying to tell you, what types of things the play, your players or you are going to be able to do um, because you don't want to... And this goes more into overall vice of make sure you understand the game you're about to play is just like, what is it trying to say? What's the types of stories it's going to try to like encourage from you or demand of you before you do it? Because you don't want to cross genre play like going into one game thinking one thing and then actually playing the game can have huge like divergence and schisms between you and playing the playing the character anything more you guys want to say about attributes characteristics no we went a lot farther in this than i thought we were going to be able to so yeah no, happy with it. i'm always happy to spin a yarn so listeners, every... listeners give us ideas <laughs> at that email yeah polyhedronpodcast.gmail.com. So from everyone here at Polyhedron, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, as always a Happy New Year. We will see you in 2022. So go where your fun is. And go roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkav on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.